Five o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In five, four, three, two, one. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. Welcome in, everybody. Uh, it is the Thursday Patrick Johnson Show. It might be my Friday. Uh, the ref, Philip Pilkington, producing the show. Sup, ref? How's it going? And Chill Phil. Let's say hello to Chill Phil over here. Get Chill Phil on the mic. Hey, what's going on? Are you on the social media beat today? Absolutely. All right. Great stuff there. Appreciate it. Uh, we've got uh, what I think most people would call um, a pretty good show today. Pretty good shoe. Big shoe. Uh, we'll have a pirate report coming up in a little bit. And uh, we've also got coming up uh, in uh, about 20 minutes from now, roughly, John Gilbert will be on with us. I'm hearing some kind of jazz music in my headphones. Any way to kill that? All right. Guess not. <laughs> it's very faint, but I hear this very faint jazz. Oh, there we go. Thank you. Hard to to put my thoughts together on a day where I'm a little fatigued and probably not as, as sharp as I normally am. But have no fear, loyal listener. I will still bring you uh, the very best that you expect from Greenville's top-rated sports show and uh, top-rated 5 o'clock program. So there you go. Uh, John Gilbert coming up in a little bit. I'm really anxious to find out where the ticket sales are in Charlotte uh, and what the numbers looking like. We're in, so, well, we're a week from today. In fact, this time a week from now, we're going to be on Pirate Game Day Countdown presented by Bush Light. Terrence Copper and myself will be bringing that to you. Uh, we will have already been on the air a little over an hour with that. Our coverage will begin at 3 that day. Patrick Johnson show followed by <clears throat> our uh, Pirate Game Day countdown. So that's what's happening uh, there. A couple of uh, little house cleaning items to bring you as well uh, that we'll get into our Pirate Report. I guess you're going over to the soccer game tonight. Is that right? Yeah, that's the plan. ECU taking on top 10 ranked uh, South Cackalack. So a, a kind of a preview of the Gamecocks Pirates. Set for uh, September 11th, the home opener for ECU. And we're going to talk to John Gilbert about that. Uh, the first 100 students get a free pizza. You still got a student ID? I do. Just don't tell anybody I graduated. <laughs> so you get it. You look. I I think you'll be fine to get a free pizza. The first 300 get a free T-shirt. Uh, seven o'clock. Is that right? Seven oh five. Seven oh five. Got to allow for TV, ESPN Plus there at the beginning. But uh, going out, it's actually going to be kind of a nice evening. Uh, not as just devastatingly hot as yesterday. I mean, it's still hot. Don't get me wrong. But the last couple of days, whoo. Uh, and of course, uh, Pirate Soccer just dismantled VMI in their opener for Neil. And so the uh, Pirates will try to get off to the two and zero start. A good uh, test for uh, the uh, Pirate soccer team as they'll uh, 
go against top 10-ranked South Carolina. Coming up a little bit later on uh, tonight, Jason Hamilton's bunch will look for that 2-0 start. I, I, I would say that would be a real wave maker if they do knock off the number 10 team in the country tonight in Greenville. So Soto 5 from Johnson Stadium, big reminder uh, there. Uh, as we mentioned, John Gilbert coming up. We'll be talking to him. Exciting interview plan there. And uh, we'll go ahead and get into our pirate report here. A quick couple of mentions uh, for programming around the dial. I guess the Rose-Cleveland game, at least at last check, is still on for tomorrow night here on 94.3 The Game. Uh, that is going to feature two of the very best running backs in the entire nation. Uh, one going to UNC Chapel Hill, the other going to uh, NC State. In, uh, uh, Rose's Michael Allen headed to NC State. And then Omarion Hampton, who is an absolute stud from Cleveland, uh, will be uh, on the opposite side, obviously. So we'll see how that uh, plays out. Uh, you can hear that game right here. I believe Croft Massey will be back on the call along with RV. And they'll have uh, coverage beginning at 7 o'clock tomorrow night here on uh, 94.3 The Game. Uh, our guy Trevor Donnell and Mike uh, Cavacaro, who do the uh, games down on 94.1 WNBU for Havelock football, uh, apparently that game has been, whoever Havelock was going to play has been postponed because Havelock has some COVID issues. So there you go. There is uh, that at the high school level, and we're starting to see some more of that kind of pop up here a little bit. Uh, we did, and I, I have not had a chance to look at it as closely as I wanted because of uh, work today and some other meetings going on, but uh, we have uh, that revised HB 91 was released as far as uh, high school athletics and the High School Athletic Association goes, and apparently the High School Athletic Association has the, the kind of let some sunshine in and allow uh, certain uh, parts of state government to have some oversight of that, uh, kind of acquiescing from a position that some say they, they claimed that they were not going to uh, allow earlier, and uh, now that has changed because this is done away with totally abolishing the High School Athletic Association. So that's a big piece of news. We've uh, put that some of that on social media. You can check it out at 943thegame. Also, uh, Facebook, like us there, 943thegame.com. Chill, Phil, what is our uh, – what's the new Instagram? Doing it for the gram. What's the new handle there? Uh, 94.3 underscore the game. So at 94.3 underscore the game. Okay. That is correct. Do, they, do you do ats with Insta? I'm sorry? You do the at with Insta? Yes. Okay. Sometimes we do. Well, he sounded – you know what he sounded like there? Yes, old man. That's what you do with Instagram. That's what he sounded like there. What are you talking about, old guy? Did did you pick up on that, uh, ref? Uh, uh, maybe a little. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying not to throw him under the bus, but uh, maybe a little. You had an interesting observation today. The Panthers, in their quest to, you know, not find a kicker, but just provide competition for Joey Sly, who makes a habit out of missing kicks. You know, instead of going and finding a kick, which I guess next week they may do after the third preseason game, which uh, before we get into that, let me mention, I believe this is the case, Pirate uh, or Panthers football tomorrow night, 94-3 the game. The game's at 7 or 7.30? 7.30, but 94-3 the game is the Rose game. I'm not right, sure. Yeah, uh, 103.7 WTIB. Uh, I misspoke there. 103.7 WTIB will have the uh, Panthers for you tomorrow night. Uh, 6.30 airtime, 7.30 kick. You'll hear it right here on Eastern North Carolina's home for 
Uh, Carolina Panthers football, the third and final preseason game, as it'll be uh, Carolina and Pittsburgh from Charlotte. A lot of Steelers fans will be on hand, and uh, they will uh, be playing tomorrow night. What are you expecting? And we got to get to our pirate report here, but what are you expecting tomorrow? Philip, you're a die. You, you host our Panthers podcast, which comes out on 943thegame.com and our other outlets every uh, Thursday. What are you uh, What are you expecting here tomorrow? Well, the great thing is they've already said they're going to play the starters much of, if not the entire first half. I think they should. However, the kind of the junky thing is the Steelers played in the Hall of Fame game. So this is their fourth preseason game. They played their starters last week, and they're right. trying to make their cuts this week. So if our starters play bad against the twos of the Steelers, it's going to be really bad. But if they play good, did we really learn anything? Right, yeah. Interesting. Uh, they did sign a new kicker today. The guy kicked for the Giants. Who is it? Uh, they traded for him. His name is Ryan Santoso, I believe is how you say his last All name. All right. And you say he looks like Cheech Marin. Yeah, I think so. Okay. An old, che- or a younger Cheech Marin uh, not, back not, in the day. Not, not what he looks like now. Not but. modern day Cheech Marin, yeah. but, but back in the day Cheech Marin of Cheech and Chong fame. So they traded for this cat. Yeah, but it's kind of weird. It's almost like they don't lose the pick and if we don't keep the guy. Or maybe the pick goes to somebody else. We originally got that pick okay. from Miami. Gotcha, you know, gotcha, weird. gotcha. No, no, that's some of that moving parts draft stuff. I, I got you. I was going to say, because if they've traded for a guy, obviously Joey Sly could go ahead and, and uh, break the lease on the rental or put the house on the market because he's not going to be uh, in Charlotte too much longer. Uh, but we'll see how that uh, plays out uh, tomorrow. Okay, let's grab uh, our – you got our pirate report open ready to go? All right, let's do that. Uh, we'll try to get through as much of this as we possibly can uh, to get you uh, set. John Gilbert joining us about 10 minutes or so from uh, right now. Uh, so let's start our pirate report here uh, today on 94.3 The Game. Play the beautiful bean footage. Here we go. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. Today's pirate report is brought to you by Greenville Marine Outdoor Shop, your one-stop destination for hunting, fishing, and boating supplies. Also by Farm Bureau Insurance. They believe insurance is more than a product. It's a service. Local agents from right here in your backyard. All right, so they're presenting our pirate report to you today. Uh, let's start with uh, where Coach Houston believes the Pirates are as far as their Appalachian State prep goes. We've been watching them all week, you know, the kids. Of course, we, you know, we spent a significant amount of time this summer breaking them down, and they haven't played a game since their bowl game, so we've got about all the film you can, you can get on them. But, um, you know, we've spent a lot of time this week with, uh, you know, scouting reports. You know, and, and the good thing is with a little bit extra time, we're able to take it kind of piece by piece instead of giving the kids everything at once, uh, which is good. You, a lot of the young guys, first time ever going through this, uh, install, you can slow it down a little bit. But uh, so we've basically been through it once, and then we'll start Friday reinstalling again. So you'll get the game plan twice uh, before the opener. Uh, so Coach Houston was also asked about managing the players' emotions a week out from the season opener against Appalachian State in Charlotte. Well, I mean, I think, you know, they're going to be excited. Um, I think we've got to get, uh, you know, get through the weekend because that's, you know, when the heavy work for, you know, both us and Appalachian will be is, you know, through the weekend. Um, and then, uh, you know, the closer it gets to Thursday, the excitement's going to be there. Um, that's where I am. I am glad that we do have uh, experience coming back now. You know, we don't have the experience that they have coming back. You know, I looked at their, their depth charts today, and it's 
virtually everybody in their two deep is a junior or a senior. Uh, and so, but I think that experience does help uh, with, you know, not being quite as jittery for the first game. A lot different than last year. Coach Houston uh, was really critical the other day, Philip. I'm, I'm sure you picked up on those comments. Really critical the other day of uh, the Pirate defense. And uh, he, he you know, thought they just had a sloppy as, you know, uh, practice on Tuesday. So how did they bounce back? This was yesterday, so how do they bounce back on uh, Wednesday? Let's find out. Better, it, you know. It's you know you gotta be careful. You rip their butt one day, and you gotta be careful what happens the next. And it's but it's it's learning how to practice because when it, when when it's good on good, you know it's it's fast. You know it's experienced guys. They know how to practice. You know there you're just you you just don't want the huge blow up collisions on the ball carriers. You know, which if I if I turn them loose, that's what you're going to get. Um, you know, when it gets to going against the scouts, it's getting the scouts to go fast enough, getting the backs to go fast enough, and getting the defense to fit. And the big thing we focused on today is just getting getting our hips and feet to the tackle in the in the thud tempo. So um, it's frustrating every year the first couple of days of uh, the scout world. Can you uh, explain cut six to me in some detail since since you did this, the padded helmet? What exactly are we discussing in this? Someone asked about the padded helmets they're wearing during practice and how ah, that's helping. Okay. Well, let's hear the answer. I, I, I'm, I'm very much interested in hearing this answer. Here we go. They've been around for a while. Uh, we looked at them at James Madison uh, and looked at all the data, uh, you know, and really – you know, the, the only reason made the decision to do it here is just, you know, we, we have gotten to where we're a very physical practice team. Uh, and, you know, when you get to that point, it's anything I can do to make sure that, uh, you know, we're protecting the players. And so, um, you know, I think, you know, how much of a difference does it make is, is debatable. But if it, uh, if it helps any, then it's worth the investment. All right. So that, those were the, uh, some of the comments from Coach Houston today. Uh, let's uh, get back to the defense. Blake Harrell, Pirate defensive coordinator, uh, in his assessment of this defense and how they have progressed here this week. Yeah, I think every day we can't miss an opportunity. I think I talked about that the other day. Um, just every rep's got to be better, and as coaches we expect that better than the last rep. The next rep's got to be even better and better and better. And, uh, you know, we're eight days out. we got to continue to have urgency to, to be – ready for App State and, and make sure everything's ready, game ready. And, uh, you know, you see guys pushing that way. I think yesterday the Heat probably buckled them a little bit, which is expected. But we, we kind of can't – you can't make excuses. It doesn't matter. It's hot, it doesn't matter. You're tired, it doesn't matter. Hey, you're eight days away. That should be enough to get you ready and get, get you right for uh, game time. Pirate defensive coordinator Blake Harrell on the depth of this ECU defense. Yeah, excited about our depth all, all along our defense. Um, you know, up front, in the back, linebacker, wherever it may be. We expect uh, we have a lot of guys that can go play and, and it's played in a ball game. And anytime you have experience coming back, it, it makes your job a little bit easier as coaches. Um, and we got to keep put, continue to build that depth and keep pushing those guys forward, obviously. Uh, but we've got some guys, especially on the edge, that we feel like we're pretty solid too deep. And the guys inside, you know, they've played at least in some ball games. They still may be. Uh, you know, first and second year players for the most part, but you know, you feel good that they they've at least played in the ball game. Uh, we'll maybe have you guys. Uh, oh, telling on myself again. We'll have Blake Harrell's cut 
on the Appalachian State preparations maybe tomorrow uh, because I want to hear a couple things that Donnie Kirkpatrick had to say, ECU's offensive coordinator. He talked about Mason Garcia being named officially the backup quarterback. Cut well, 10. I think that uh, Mason's had a good opportunity to be that number two, and uh, you know, I guess I made a lot of comments. I don't know what Coach had said exactly, that nobody separated or whatever, that we'd watch that last scrimmage and uh, go back and review really the last week of practice. And when he did that and we did that, he, he gave us the best chance. We thought he was trending the best way. Tremendous talent, you know what I'm saying, just needs more playing time. We feel good about him. He's got one game experience in there. You know, I hope that we could play him, you know, in a role where he didn't have to start right away. But you don't always have that luxury. But uh, I, I'm, I'm excited about Mason's future. All right. Uh, some good cuts here. We'll get to some more of these later. Uh, we got John Gilbert, so we want to go ahead and get to him. We'll grab a break. Uh, come back. John Gilbert, ECU Director of Athletics, uh, will join us. Lots to talk about with John. We'll talk about the Pirates opening up the 2021 regular season on a week from tonight in Charlotte against Appalachian State. Status of the athletic department. We got a lot to ground to cover, so we're going to get to it straight ahead here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Away from Pirate football, Director of Athletics John Gilbert joining us here on the Patrick Johnson Show uh, as the Pirates in football prepare to head to Charlotte to take on Appalachian State. John, it's always great to talk to you. We enjoy our conversations greatly, so thanks so much for the time. Appreciate you having me. We're a week away. Uh, how are ticket sales in uh, in Charlotte? It seems like the interest is building. Pirate Nation seems pretty fired up for this, but uh, what are you hearing from the folks in Charlotte? Well, the, the way the, the game has worked out, it, it actually, the game originally, it, it's a home game for Charlotte or uh, for Appalachian State. And App made the decision to move the game uh, to Charlotte, kind of a neutral site game. Uh, we got our ticket allotment and we've pretty much blown through that. So there's really three entities that were selling tickets. You had Appalachian State. Uh, East Carolina, and then the Charlotte uh, Sports uh, Commission. And so I think between all three entities, uh, my last discussion with the Appalachian State Athletic Director, Doug Gillen, he, he thought we would have somewhere uh, around 40000 for the wow. game, which I think is pr- pretty healthy for a uh, Thursday night. Yeah, especially before a holiday weekend, undoubtedly. No, I, I think that'll be a, a great crowd. Could you see Charlotte – factoring in any kind of future scheduling rotation you know ECU had had done that from time to time NC State West Virginia others over the years now Appalachian State is is that something that in your mind is a possibility or or just are home gates and home dates too important now well I I think you know I certainly wouldn't take it off the table um you, you know I do think those types of games have their value I just like I'll use the South Carolina game as an example. We, we would want to play that type of game in Dowdy Ficklin. I would never consider moving that game to Charlotte. Um, 
you know, Charlotte's a really important city for us from a recruiting standpoint, as it is for every school in the state. I, I really do like the 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 home game, uh, but obviously would consider neutral as well if, if the opportunity presented itself. ECU Director of Athletics John Gilbert is uh, joining us uh, here. How is future scheduling going right now? There's so much uncertainty in, in college athletics. Uh, how far are we scheduled out now, and, and what are you working on as far as scheduling goes? Well, r- really, we are scheduled pretty far out. Um, w- w- when you when you look at kind of where we are, um, you know, next year we host NC State. I'm not going through the whole schedule, right. but <laughs> we host NC State and we go on the road to BYU next year. Uh, in 23, we're at Michigan uh, 24, uh, we've got BYU coming to town. 25, we're at NC State. Uh, 26, uh, we've got a tough schedule. We got at at Boise, West Virginia at home. 27, we're at South Carolina and Wake Forest at home. 28, NC State at home. Boise at home at Wake Forest, and, and really 28. Um, Beyond 28, the only thing we have on the books is uh, some home and homes with Old Dominion. We've got to add two FCS opponents in, Mm -hmm. uh, one in 2026 uh, and then one in 2028. So really our focus is 2029 and beyond, which, you know, it's hard for me to even say that and comprehend. I wish we didn't, you know, schedule that far in advance. But so many schools are doing it that the reality is if we don't start paying attention to that, you you can get left with some odd matchups. Yeah, and, and wind up maybe traveling places that make no sense or bringing yes. in an opponents that just make no sense from a, from a financial. But, but it, 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 if you look at future schedules on some teams, there, there are some teams in 29, 30, 31 that they're completely full right now. Yeah. Uh, John Gilbert, ECU Director of Athletics. John, would you consider uh, that that Michigan game has a payday element to it, if you will? Would you consider more of that at this point? I I think we have to be choosy when we do those. And I'm all for doing, you know, one here and there. I don't think we need to make a living off of those because, you know, obviously when you play a team like, uh, South Carolina at home, uh, and that's a home-and-home home game. You know, I, I'm certainly not saying we'll win the game, but we're going to be competitive and we're going to have a chance. When you schedule these by games, uh, you, you know, you, you are at a disadvantage competitively. You know, you're going on the road to a big-name opponent for a one-time game. Uh, certainly you can win those. Uh, but the odds are a little less in your favor. And so I think in order to help the football program, you have to be really choosy when you do those. John, as far as uh, the opener, 9-11, I'm sure a lot will be scheduled. We'll be talking with uh, marketing and uh, uh, all the folks uh, leading up to that for some of the pageantry that will will certainly uh, be taking place that day that usually takes place in college football that you would have in an opener against a high-profile uh, opponent at home, but also just what that date uh, and the 20-year anniversary of that attack on the nation uh, means. 
ticket sales for that day, obviously the Bill Clark uh, infusion to honor the pirate heroes was enormous in, in you know, creating more, uh, if you will, bodies in the seats. Uh, what is that looking like right now? And are tickets available for that game still on some level? Well, well, certainly tickets are available. I, I do expect a robust crowd for that for that game. We're talking about opening uh, the parking lots earlier for those that want to get in early and uh, and tailgate. Um, Bill Clark and and you know the Bill Clark family, uh, Lance, Heath, Hunter, uh, and, and obviously the patriarch Bill. I just can't say enough about you know what what they have done for this community in Eastern North Carolina and, and specifically our department uh, that they care about Eastern North Carolina and clearly invest in it. So I'm excited we'll be able to take those tickets in the upper deck and and give those to some first responders. Uh, obviously, we still have uh, tickets available and that they are selling. I do anticipate. Uh, a really healthy crowd for that game. And, and uh, I just want to make sure that we can uh, wake our students up for that game. It's a 12 noon game. So I, I may be going through the resident halls with a bullhorn at about 10 a.m. just to remind them to get up and moving. We've got ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, uh, joining us today here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Always great to uh, catch up with him. We appreciate uh, his time uh, today. Uh, discussing uh, everything uh, pirate athletics and pirate football with us. Certainly, the result a week from today could certainly enhance the walk-up uh, and uh, pre-purchase leading up to that game. So, uh, But there is there is a lot riding on this football season. I don't think anybody has uh, been shy publicly about stating that. Uh, and there are a lot of things as far as forward momentum with athletics and with football. You know, what, what are your expectations coming into this year well, well my, you know I, I've never been one to tell a coach you, you know hey we, we need to win x number of games this year there's so many factors that that go into a season and it's a long football season I think our schedule is extremely competitive when you look at the first three games you know app is that they have a long history of being a really good football team. I remember when I was at Tennessee and we had a bunch of NFL players on that team, you know, we, we went to overtime to beat them. So they are, they are a very, very good opponent. We get a SEC opponent uh, the next week in South Carolina and then at Marshall, which is, you know, historically a really tough place to play. And, and so it's a long season. My, my my expectation for the year is that every game that we go into that is a competitive game and we compete at a high level. And based on what I've seen from this team now, uh, you know, we, we are bigger, faster, stronger, and we, we have done a really good job. Our coaching staff, our strength staff, our training room staff, they, they've done a really good job of help, helping these student-athletes develop over the, this past year. So I think the expectation for me and for our fan base is that, that we're fielding a competitive team every week, and I do think you'll see that. But a bowl season or winning season would obviously go a long ways to maybe uh, curing some of the ills that, that may exist, especially coming out of the COVID year. 
Well, well, absolutely. I mean, we haven't had a winning season in, in quite a while. Um, and, and I think that last year, I think you really saw these student athletes and these coaches turn the corner, um, you know, with, with games like uh, the, the Tulsa game, um, you know, uh, winning on the road at Temple uh, and then coming back and, and beating a really good SMU team. Certainly, we've we've seen the glimpses of that this team can be successful, and, and so uh, I, I do I do have the expectation, you know, getting to a, a bowl game, and, and I'm just going to focus one day at a time, one game at a time. The status of an indoor practice facility uh, that's been bandied about here a lot in recent months. I, I've said for years that should have been added when I was told by people that held your position. Previously, well, that's not a priority or no, we really don't need one. How important is that facility and how important is it to, in an economic sense, provide the bells and whistles but not overspend, which which with construction costs as they are right now might be a tough thing to do present day. Uh, but but you get what I'm where I'm kind of going with that, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think if you look at, uh, an indoor practice facility. It, it's something that I do believe is needed and warranted at, at an institution like ours and with the football history we have. Um, I think it's one of those things that, you know, w- when you launch uh, a building like that, the amount of money that it would cost to fund, you've got to do that um, with a great deal as sense of timing. And you need to build momentum. Uh, you, you don't. You obviously don't launch a campaign uh, to build a, a indoor building if you've won, you know, one or two games. And so I think as we create and build momentum for this program, and we have success, and our fan base sees that success, then I think it is the time to launch, uh, you know, a fundraising campaign for an indoor uh, practice facility. It's one of those things, you know, my experience at both Alabama and Tennessee, every outdoor sport uh, that you play has access to use it. So it, it really isn't just a football building. Uh, it is something that, again, every one of our outdoor sports uh, has access to, to, to practice. It, it, I tell you what it does more than anything, uh, Patrick, in my opinion, is it, it sends a message uh, – of our commitment uh, to the long-term sustainability of the football program. Uh, I I look, you you know, not only at the peers in our league that have them, uh, the other schools in our state that have them, but but if you look at programs, you you know, like Arkansas State Mm -hmm. and North Texas and Louisiana and South Alabama, they all have indoor practice facilities, UAB, and I, I think those those schools that I've mentioned, you, you know, they've all had recent success in football and were able to launch those. And, and I think we'll follow suit uh, once that, that positive momentum is created. Okay, we're going to pause there. John Gilbert is our guest today, Patrick Johnson Show. We're going to come back and have more with him in just a bit. Uh, I'll tell you what we'll do, a timeout when we return. Philip will have an update for you on everything going on in the world of sports. Uh, Eastern North Carolina Pirate Nation and then beyond. 
And uh, then John Gilbert will continue on with us here. You are tuned to the Patrick Johnson Show on uh, the flagship of the Pirates, 94.3 The Game. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. I can't wait. On your flagship home of Pirate Football, 94.3 The Game and 94.3thegame.com. Tweet at us <gasps> at 943thegame. Oh, friends. At P-Man on air. It's not like a cult, is it? Sound off and tell us what's on your mind. 943thegame and P-Man on air on Twitter. This is the Patrick Johnson Show on 943thegame and 943thegame.com. Philip Pilkington here with your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. The out-of-conference schedule for ECU women's basketball was released today. It starts on the road November 9th at Middle Tennessee State. The first home game is Monday, November 15th here against Gardner-Webb. Notable opponents include trips to Wake Forest and UNCW. Tonight's women's soccer tonight, your women's soccer team is in action at home against number 10 South Carolina. The game starts at 7.05. The first 100 students get a free pizza, and the first 300 fans get a free t-shirt. The Carolina Hurricanes and Andrei Shvechnikov have reached an eight-year deal worth $62 million that would keep the 21-year-old in Raleigh through the year 2029. The Panthers have traded for kicker Ryan Santoso. They will give up a seventh-round pick to the Giants if Santoso is able to stay on the Panthers' regular season roster for at least two games. This brings the Panthers to a total of three kickers on the current roster. Elsewhere in the NFL, Bills wide receivers Isaiah McKenzie and Cole Beasley have been fined for violating COVID protocols. Live right now in golf, second weekend of the FedEx Cup playoffs is underway from the BMW Championship at Caves Valley Golf Club. As the first round wraps up, Sam Burns and John Rahm are tied for the lead at eight under, with just three strokes back tied for fifth is ECU alum Harold Varner III. That's your 94.3 The Game Sports Update. I'm Philip Pilkington. More with the P-Man and ECU Athletic Director John Kilbert after this timeout. More of the Patrick Johnson Show is coming up. What? You want more? All right. On your flagship home of Pirate Basketball. 94.3 The Game at 94.3thegame.com. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. We've got ECU Director of Athletics, John Gilbert, with us. Pirate football a week from today. Our coverage will begin at 3 o'clock here on 94.3 The Game. On game day in one week as the Pirates take on Appalachian State in Charlotte. John Gilbert uh, joining us here uh, today on the Patrick Johnson Show. We appreciate uh, ECU's Director of Athletics for taking a few minutes with us uh, here uh, to to discuss uh, Pirate football and everything involving athletics. When you look back at where we were a year ago, and, and I, I think back to the actual football season, it's miraculous that it was pulled off, looking back in hindsight. Uh, there was also some really good numbers reported out of uh, that as far as the uh, the athletic deficit. It was more in line with kind of where the deficit had been, at least in the year prior. Uh, so kudos to you and, and everybody involved. Uh, it, it just it, it it's it's sort of mind blowing that that everything kind of came off like it did a year ago. 
I don't know how much time you've spent reflecting on that, but do you kind of have that same sense as how on earth did we pull that off? Well, well, I think we were fortunate enough to pull it off, and we had a lot of people that that helped with that. Obviously, our our medical staff. Uh, you, you know, last year, and I'm not exaggerating. I, I talked to our team doctor, Dr. Joe Arman. I, I think I talked to him way more than I talked to any of our coaches, uh, just because of what was going on. Same thing for Mike Hanley, who oversaw COVID for our department. But there were a lot of people at the table that helped, you know, make those athletic events a reality. And, you know, what our coaches and student athletes went through last year and staff, it it was extremely difficult. Uh, I am excited or or pleased, I guess, is uh, really maybe more the adjective to use that, you know, we were projecting such a large deficit, you know, 20 to 22 million, and we ended up with about a four and a half million dollar deficit. And, and it just speaks to our staff, the the sacrifices that everyone took with, you know, pay reductions, furloughs, um, you know, no recruiting. Uh, you, you know, we just tighten the belt really tight. But But it's time for us to move forward and grow. And we need our fans back. We need to sell tickets. We need people to join the Pirate Club uh, to, to help invest, to help move this program where, where everyone wants it to be. When you uh, look at, and I guess the last report, at least I heard, was all but one on the roster for, for Mike Houston's team have been vaccinated. Does that give the coaching staff, does that give you the, the, the peace of mind that we will be able to get through this season uh, relatively unscathed as far as COVID goes? Well, it, it gives me confidence that, you know, we're, we're not going to have severe issues of COVID, uh, knock on wood. Right. I, I think that as you look around the landscape on college campuses, you know, even though you do have the vaccine, you still can, can catch COVID. But the, those symptoms uh, with the vaccine, you know, have been reported much milder than those that are unvaccinated. So I anticipate having, you know, COVID positives on our sports teams, you know, with those that are vaccinated, but I'm hopeful that uh, one, uh, we can still play games with that. uh, And it's not as intrusive as it was last year. I want to shift gears and just ask a baseball related question as far as Cliff Godwin goes. Uh, and obviously, very publicly, he was uh, courted by uh, LSU and by all accounts was a, a finalist for that uh, job. He stays at ECU, and I think a lot of Pirate fans are, are grateful for that. But fans are, you know, fanatic is, is you know, fan is short for fanatic. Uh, there's a lot of, of people who feel like that there should be some sort of long-term or enhanced commitment to Coach Godwin. Is that anything that has been discussed? Is that anything that you are, are, are working on? What are those conversations like right now? Because one would presume the program would continue to, to continue to soar to great heights and that he'll be a coach that's much desired. Yeah. Well, well certainly, uh, you know, Cliff is outstanding in the, the way he runs and leads our baseball program, you know, they they do a really good job uh, academically. Uh, certainly, they're competitive uh, on the field. 
and, and then they do a very good job of engaging our community. Uh, so I am extremely pleased with Cliff and the direction of the program. Uh, two years ago, um, you know, when we, you know, went, went through uh, a successful baseball season, mm-hmm. uh, we put a clause in the contract at that point where if uh, the baseball team makes a regional that doesn't have to host, uh, if they make a regional, uh, Cliff would get uh, an automatic rollover year on his contract. And, and so uh, I think that really uh, speaks volumes for where he has the program. You know, to host uh, a, a regional three years in a row is rarefied air for any program at any school. Uh, now, um, c- certainly we're, we're pleased with where he is, but I think that clause in the contract uh, will we'll keep Cliff a pirate uh, for a long time. When you look at the announcement made two days ago with this so-called handshake backslap alliance with the ACC, uh, the Pac-12, and the Big Ten, and this is in reaction to what happened with Oklahoma and Texas going to the SEC, what, what is your sense of where that leaves college athletics and where does that leave the American in East Carolina? Well, I think in general sense, it, it's easy to say that uh, collegiate athletics at this point in time is very unstable. We, we have a lot of things that are uh, coming at once. Uh, you, you have uh, the Austin case that was recently settled. You have name, image, and likeness that, that just started. You have this whole... Um, you know, willingness to now change uh, from the NCAA with this this committee they've put together to, to study uh, change in, in um, you know, the NCAA structure. And then you obviously have conference realignment, the college football playoff expansion. And, and my, my sense is that they're all tied together uh, because of fractured leadership right now. And so I, I think that uh, the next round realignment is going to take a little while, that there are a lot of, uh, you know, lawyers at the table looking at, uh, you know, contracts and buyout clauses and all those things. But, but my sense is that a, a lot of it, uh, of the alliance, is more of a voting block, for lack of a better term, that as the next round of college football uh, playoff expansion takes place, that you know th- those three leagues want to make sure they're aligned from a voting structure uh, to to make sure that uh, you know w- one league is is not at the head of the table. Conspicuous by their absence in that is the Big Twelve, uh, and there's certainly some thinking that the American and the Big 12 may wind up in, in some form together in some way. I mean, there's many reports out there, and I'm not asking you to speculate on that, but as far as a, a position for the American now to be included with a seat at that table, how do you feel about that? Well, I think our commissioner has done a really good job of beating the drum for our conference, and if you look at the quality of football that we have in our league, um, it, it's exceptional. Uh, 
it, it is a really good league. And I do think we've separated ourselves, you know, from leagues that are compared to us. And, and so I, I think we do sit at the top of the pyramid versus those other leagues. I do think it's time for us to take the step to, you know, continue to, to move forward. I feel like our league is really stable right now. Um, and, and I think it's a good opportunity as the landscape un- unfolds uh, for, for us to, you know, have a seat at that table. I think we're too early in the name, image, and likeness process for any concerns that, that anyone may have had to be abetted at this point. But when you look at kind of where we are in these initial stages, it seems like some of those things are taking a little bit of a backseat because everybody's amped and, and ready to start the season. But are you still of the mind that this is kind of tread lightly? Uh, are there some positives to this early on that, that you maybe uh, didn't think would develop as quickly? And, and are there some negatives that you're seeing right away? Well, I, I think as you look at the landscape, the the elite 1% of student athletes uh, in college athletics, regardless of sport, they, they are clearly getting some deals where cash is involved. I think there are the majority of student athletes that you're seeing um, are, um, you know, deals where there's trade involved. Right. So not necessarily cash. And, and so, um, you know, that, that will continue to evolve. And, you know, I think for student athletes, the biggest thing that for them is they have to make the main thing the main thing. And, and that main thing is, um, you know, do, doing well in the classroom and performing well on the field or court because as these companies look to uh, invest and do these name, image, and likeness deals, uh, those first two things have to take place before the third thing can happen. And so uh, I want to make sure our student-athletes are focused on the first two, and, and that third option of name, image, and likeness deals will take care of themselves. John, I always appreciate your time and uh, and your thoughts on everything going on, not only with uh, Pirate Nation, but but beyond. Is there anything I haven't asked you during uh, the course of our time here that you know you want to make sure that uh, that you say? Well, I, I think the big thing uh, for me is like we we really need people back in the stands. Uh, you know, we are open and ready for business. Uh, you know, we're going to have an exciting product on the field that uh, I think everyone will enjoy. We have some really skilled players that it is worth the price of admission to watch. And uh, we want everybody back in Dowdy Ficklin on September 11th. Certainly looking forward to the season opener a week from uh, today and looking forward to that opener on the 11th at home as well. Uh, and uh, very much appreciate your time here. Thanks a lot, John. Thank you. Go Pirates. There he goes. John Gilbert with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Wide-ranging conversation. Great to have uh, John uh, appearing with us here today. We appreciate his time uh, greatly. Uh, Don't forget, ECU will be on the pitch tonight as uh, the ECU soccer team takes on nationally ranked South Kakalak, number 10 in the land in women's college soccer. 
That game uh, will be played at 7.05. First 100 students through get a free pizza. And uh, the first 300 will get the uh, free T-shirt that they're going to pass out tonight. So head on through those gates tonight out to Johnson uh, Stadium. It'll be a uh, really uh, nice evening for uh, soccer. Good family environment and good event to take the family to. So head on out to that. Uh, best of luck to Coach Hamilton's uh, group there as they look to go to 2-0 and and upset a top-10 team in the process. Uh, we mentioned thanks to John Gilbert today. Great job by uh, Philip Pilkington. Also, Chill Phil on the uh, social media beat for us today. Tomorrow, I'm going to be away, but uh, Ben and Philip will be here. Philip Pilkington, the ref. Uh, so, Ben Byron, Philip Pilkington, uh, they'll have your pirate report for you, preview the Panthers and Steelers, final preseason game for the Cats, and they'll also bring you uh, uh, an interview with Roy Philpot. He is a commentator for ESPN and uh, has been a guest on our show before, so they'll talk some Week Zero college football with him. Big thanks to uh, everybody involved. Have a great weekend. We'll be back Monday, or I will be back Monday, for a uh, fresh edition of the Patrick Johnson Show. Ben and the ref tomorrow getting you through. Have a great weekend. HD1, Farmville, Washington, Greenville. Greenville's home for sports 24 7. 24 7. 94 3 the game and 943 the game.com.